Chapter Nine of A Cousin's Conspiracy, or A Boy's Struggle for an Inheritance by Horatio Alger Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Abigail Rasmussen. Chapter Nine: An Armed Escort. Luke Robbins entered at once upon his duties as janitor of the Emmonsville Bank. He was provided with a broom and in the morning swept the bank. Sometimes he washed the windows. At other times he sat on a bench in the rear of the bank ready for any call upon his services. Several days passed, and though Luke kept a sharp lookout for the Fox brothers, he did not catch a glimpse of anyone who resembled them. Then one morning Luke went to the bank as usual and put on his Quaker garb. About eleven o'clock an elderly man appeared and presented a check for five hundred dollars. The money was paid him, and then he lingered a moment, ill at ease. I don't like to have so much money about me he said in a tone that betrayed anxiety. "'No doubt you will find plenty who would be willing to relieve you of it,' rejoined the paying teller, with a smile. "'That's what I'm afraid of. They do say that the Fox brothers have been seen not far away.' "'Is it absolutely necessary that you should have the money in your possession? You could leave it in the bank, or most of it.' "'I shall want to use some of it tomorrow, and I live ten miles away in Claremont.' "'How are you going back?' asked the teller. "'I have a buggy outside.' "'The road to Claremont is rather lonely, I believe.' "'Yes,' said the elderly man. "'Why don't you get someone to go with you?' "'I don't know anyone I could get.' "'I can find you a companion, but he would want to be paid.' "'I'll pay him if he'll see me through all right. "'I have the very man for you. Here, Luke.' Luke Robbins heard the call and approached. The farmer looked at him doubtfully. "'A Quaker?' he said in a disappointed tone. "'He is no more a Quaker than you are. He is a detective, and very anxious to meet either of the Fox brothers,' the teller said. The farmer brightened up. "'He is the very man I am after, then.' A bargain was struck between Luke and Ezekiel Mason, whereby the farmer promised to pay him five dollars to accompany him home and remain overnight at the farmhouse until he had disposed of the money in the way he intended. Luke was glad to accept the proposal. It promised variety and possibly adventure. The farmer climbed into the buggy, and the Quaker detective, following, took a seat by his side. After they had driven some time, they reached a part in the road where for a clear mile in advance there was not a house or building of any kind to be seen. "'This is the place I was most afraid of,' said the farmer." "'Yes, it seems to be lonely. I wish one of the Fox brothers would happen along.' "'Why?' asked the farmer in a tone of alarm. "'Because I'd like to tackle him.' "'Why are you so anxious to tackle him? I cannot understand.' "'Then I'll tell you, my honest friend. There is a reward for a thousand dollars offered for the capture of one of these famous outlaws, dead or alive.' Ezekiel Mason shrugged his shoulders. "'I'd rather earn the money some other way,' he said. "'You are only a peaceful farmer, while I am a fighting Quaker,' responded Luke. As he spoke, he looked up the road, and his glance fell upon a short, compactly built man in a gray suit who was walking toward them. He seemed a quiet, commonplace person, but there was something about him that attracted Luke's attention. "'Do you know that man?' he asked abruptly. "'No,' answered Mason, after a rapid glance. "'Are the Fox brothers tall men?' asked Luke. 
Only one. The other? Is about the size of the man who is approaching. Luke did not reply, but examined still more critically the advancing pedestrian. If this should be one of the foxes, he began. Do you think it is? asked the farmer in a terrified tone. I can't tell. If it proves to be, do exactly as I tell you. Yes, replied the farmer, now thoroughly alarmed. By this time the newcomer was about twenty feet distance. Though his appearance and dress were commonplace, his eyes, as they could see, were dark and glittering. He made a halt. Friends, he said, can you oblige me with the time? The farmer was about to produce his big old-fashioned silver watch when Luke nudged him sharply. Leave him to me he whispered in a tone audible only to the farmer. "'Thee has asked the wrong party,' he said. "'We don't carry watches.' The pedestrian regarded him with contempt. Whoever he might be, he looked upon a Quaker as a mild, inoffensive person, hardly deserving the name of man. "'I didn't speak to you,' he said scornfully. The pedestrian's next move was a bold one. "'I am tired,' he said. "'Give me a ride.' "'Will thee excuse us?' said the Quaker meekly. "'Oh, shut up!' cried the assumed pedestrian. "'Quaker should be seen and not heard.' Then to the farmer, "'I am tired. Let me into your carriage.' "'There is no room,' said the farmer nervously. "'Then tell the Quaker to get out, and I will take his place.' Ezekiel Mason was by no means a brave man, and he did not know what to say to this impudent proposal. He looked appealingly at Luke. "'I will accommodate the gentleman,' said the latter meekly. With the words, he rose from his seat and jumped to the ground. "'Shall I assist thee?' he asked the stranger in a mild voice. "'No, I am quite capable of getting into the carriage without help.' The stranger did not immediately get into the buggy. "'I don't care to ride after all.' he said coolly. Just hand me your money, you old clodhopper. The worst had come. The new arrival was evidently one of the Fox brothers after all. Indeed, I have no money, said the terrified farmer. This was true, for he had put the wallet containing the five hundred dollars into the hands of Luke. You lie. You have just come from Emmonsville Bank, where you drew a large amount. At this proof of knowledge on the part of the outlaw, the farmer was almost paralyzed. It appeared to him that the robber must be supernaturally gifted. "'I haven't got it now,' he said. "'You lie!' cried the outlaw sternly. "'Come down here and give up the money, or I'll shoot you.' "'You can search me,' said Mason desperately. "'Come down, then.' "'Thee is very unkind,' observed Luke. "'Shut up! It is none of your business.' "'Thee had better come down and let the man search thee.' said Luke to the farmer. End of chapter 9